Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast. Join Corbin and guest hosts as they bring their love for the cinema to discuss films from every genre and decade. Learn about the history of the film, little-known facts, and insightful explorations while they enjoy discussing your favorite film. The curtain is rising and your podcast is starting. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your guide to the silver screen. Welcome back, listeners, to the sixth installment in my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie review series. Today I am reviewing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. This is your host, Corbin. So if you have missed my previous five reviews, it is not too late to listen. To listen to all of them, well, they're all available. Now, those are linked down below. And if you missed your guide to this film where we talk about how this is actually a soft reboot, how this was a big box office disappointment, go ahead and check that out. That is your first link down below so you can have some background knowledge coming into this review. While you're down there, we've got timestamps. We've got links to our social pages, a curated list of episodes to listen to after this one, all kinds of great stuff. You're not going to want to miss out in the description down below. So I know the question on all of your minds. Did I go see this one in theaters back in 2016? The short answer, no. The long answer, well, I was in college. I was, what, about halfway through college at that point. I was very busy in school. I honestly didn't see a lot of movies in theaters during my undergraduate degree while I was earning that. You know, looking at the trailer now, it definitely looks exciting. It looks like a lot. I remember seeing it back then, just like, oh yeah, that that kind of looks interesting. Maybe I'll catch it someday. And never really gave it a second thought after that, especially after watching Chris Stuckman's review. And he said it was just kind of a joke of a movie, and there was no way I was going to go spend my hard-earned money to check this one out. And as far as I can tell, I don't think these movies have ever come to streaming, except now uh, they might be on prime now they're on paramount plus they are available now but you know just looking at this trailer now if this was coming out let's say it was coming out this weekend or next weekend based on this trailer it's not for me it's not something i would go see in theaters maybe i would go check it out someday at redbox but i don't know so this is my first time seeing it i have not seen it before i did notice there is some new production companies associated such as alibaba pictures which makes me wonder is that associated with the alibaba isn't that a online shopping place um also the china film group so we've got that china money coming in on this movie if you have not seen the movie and you don't want it spoiled for you go ahead and click pause right now go ahead and check out the film and then come back and click play and we'll be ready to talk about it shredder escapes from prison but is warped to another dimension where he meets krang if he will help this talking brain create his new machine then he will let shredder rule the universe with him Meanwhile, the Turtles help April stop two new bad guys, Bebop and Rocksteady, who morph into animals. Yeah, we'll talk about it. All the while, the brothers learn to work as a team, and once they defeat Krang, they earn the respect of the city officials as credits roll. So the opening of this film is kind of eh for me as they're introduced. It's kind of fun how they're overlooking this Knicks game, and of course these CGI 
creatures that weigh 500 pounds or, you know, floating through the sky like it's Crouching Tiger almost. Nevertheless, yeah, I kind of like they're looking over the Knicks game. I kind of didn't care for how they reintroduced the characters with their names on screen once again. But what really caught my attention was Will Arnett, Vern, the Falcon, Henry. Taking credit for defeating Shredder in the first film is absolutely hilarious. He's become kind of the savior of the world almost. So that definitely piqued my interest. Tyler Perry, I forgot Tyler Perry was in this movie. How is he going to be incorporated into it? Well, we're going to find out. We're also introduced to a new Shredder, a new Karai. Casey Jones is now a character. And I was surprised to see Bebop and Rocksteady in their human forms because I knew they were a warthog and a rhinoceros. So seeing them as humans did take me by surprise. Now, the visual effects in this movie are incredible. Really, I think this movie and the last movie, I get it, they're nominated for Razzies, but they still probably should have been nominated for the Oscars for Best Visual Effects. I, I was just blown away with how impressive and real these interactions feel with all of these gigantic creatures. Splinter also looks very, very different. He's not as creepy. He looks a little bit more like a mouse to me, or a rat, I should say. Uh, I like his update a lot more. He is almost non-existent in this film. He doesn't have much of a part to play, unlike the previous one. Krang was a huge shock for me. I had no idea Krang was in this. He is disgusting looking, but at the same time, he just feels almost out of place. But he feels like, what if David Lynch kind of slipped on set and he made this kind of like bizarre cartoon incorporation into it? I, I do kind of like him. Uh, I, I appreciate they went for it in this movie. Now, of course, Mikey always makes me laugh. He looks even more real and their bandanas look even more real. And I'm just wildly impressed with their masks and their features and everything. <laughs> There's a hilarious line towards the beginning where he talks about their aliens sent from Earth to eat humans and dip them in ranch dressing. I just thought that was pretty funny. Now, the turtles intro to Casey is much better than their intro in the original film. Casey Jones is annoying in this movie, unfortunately. Um, he's played by the guy that plays Arrow, apparently. That's his big claim to fame. I think he's related to Robbie Amell. I, I can't prove that, but I think he is. He is, I don't know, he's very much hamming it up and playing like this kid's cartoon character. Um, unfortunately, I do not like this Casey Jones in this movie. So the best one we've got so far is what's-his-face from the original 1990 film. I do also really appreciate that Leonardo feels like more of a character in this one because he is technically supposed to be the leader of their group. Johnny Knoxville voiced him last time, made zero impression on me whatsoever. This guy's voice actually makes more of an impression on me. They actually kind of make sure to give him more screen time. I think in some ways he kind of sounds like Val Kilmer, actually, but it's just his motion capture actor is doing the voice which makes complete sense to me so for, for me I think that works they did change the styling of these turtles also um they look different they don't look as kind of grotesque or hulking or monstrous they look a bit more humanoid in some ways so I'm not opposed to their design but it it felt a little jarring going between the two of them and if I haven't I know I've mentioned it already this new shredder is way different way 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 different looks completely different he just looks not as menacing whatsoever he's got facial hair unfortunately he's completely neutered in this film and doesn't really have any action sequences shredder is just kind of a big tease unfortunately throughout this whole movie one thing that did surprise me that i wasn't expecting whatsoever 
is the fact that this movie is tonally very, very different from the last one. The last one, while still having a lot of fun, definitely was playing towards an older crowd, was a bit more hard-edged, reminded me more of the original Transformers film. This one is just a big cartoon. It's a big, fun, loud cartoon. Despite being PG-13, I think I would be okay taking my kids to see if they were younger than 13. There's just not much offensive content. There's not weird, you know, bestiality jokes and references. Not really much language in this that I detected whatsoever. I am disappointed, though. It's not continuing in the vein of that first one, which, you know, I didn't love, but it was something different, at least. This one is just Saturday morning cartoon blown up to nearly two-hour theatrical film. And it's another one that is getting ready to put me to sleep. Especially the second act of this film just totally deflates and there's just too much going on. Also, they're repeating themselves from the first film. In the first film, they had this chase down the snowy mountain, which I found to be pretty exciting. This time, it's a South American river. I, I was really checked out. All I could think of was the barrel sequence in the second Hobbit film where they're floating down the river, uh, fighting and jumping through barrels like it's some Donkey Kong Country game. The plot of this movie also, in my opinion at least, does completely fall apart. Like I said, probably towards the second act, towards the end of that second act, it really just loses all steam. There's just too much going on and there's really no centrifugal force for this movie to wrap itself around. Megan Fox also, I think, is probably one of the best actors in this film of course will arnett is always hilarious but i really think she is trying and giving it her best so i really don't have much negative to say about her um there is a weird scene where she is sexualized and she kind of has her catwalk moment the music in this movie is like something from direct to home video 2000s schlock or just family affair type films um there's a song called mind blown feels very much like i'm in some kind of kiddish garfield movie in fact, the music across the whole movie is just bad. It's it's not good whatsoever. New composer also, but this soundtrack type stuff, it's oof, it's like Beverly Hills Chihuahua. It's it's not good. I was also kind of surprised they are going for more of a video game approach. It makes sense though. The Turtles have tons of video games. I'm thinking of Crash Bandicoot with the Cortex situation, um, except this is Krang, and he is telling Shredder with holographic images, find these three components and put them together and we'll create a super machine and we'll take over the world. And a lot of these components that come together at the end is completely a rip off of Transformers. A lot of the plot elements are terribly convenient, and I guess you're not supposed to think very hard about it. This is just utterly stupid, and I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up. Every human has a dormant gene, which ties us to our animal ancestors. So, are they saying that we didn't just evolve from apes, we evolved from a myriad of animals, such as warthogs and rhinoceroses and who knows, apparently turtles as well. Um, this is introducing a new element. Also, they were, there is a the ooze, this purple ooze, this time would turn the turtles back into humans instead of animals. So clearly they're going for something really weird here. It's too stupid uh, to buy whatsoever. I mean, maybe kids probably be puzzled at it for a minute and move on, but oh well. Oh, also, of course, this whole Turtles into Humans, I'm thinking of Pinocchio. Um, we have seen this also with other movies where the animal creatures do become human. Drawing a blank on what those were, but I know that I've seen it before. So it's not completely original, but what does subvert my expectations? I'm 
expecting all of them to turn into their mocap human counterparts and do some try to do some fighting and try to do some stuff i think i actually would have been my my interest would have been renewed if they would have done that but unfortunately they don't they just learned this very quick and easy lesson of we're better as we are and we can work as a team as we are i think they would have learned that lesson a little better if they would have turned into humans and realized that you know their true value lies and how they were made or whatever uh, we don't get any of that unfortunately um also there really are going for this you know 90s 2000s vibe with this ending i just reviewed a few weeks ago batman and robin i'll link that down below go ahead and check out that review I'm really thinking of the Mr. Freeze gun uh, the, that freezes the whole city at the end of that film. Very reminiscent to this film. Of course, they have to have the big hole in the sky and the big, you know, giant spaceship in the sky. It's going to have this huge ray gun that'll take everybody out. Of course, it's all a false setup. Even though Batman and Robin didn't do that false setup, he did freeze half of Gotham. So I appreciate that. This is just kind of neutered once again. And there's really nothing of consequence to happen from it. To be determined, Krang says, I'll get my revenge as he goes back into dimension x maybe to return in a sequel someday it's pretty obvious i'm not the demographic for this movie what started out as an edgy reboot last time has been rebooted once again to accommodate the palate of a child i think slightly older kids will have fun with this movie but most might struggle to stick around for its nearly two hour runtime I found this cartoonish plot to be below my pay grade. I had a hard time getting and staying into it. Well, this is a great looking movie, aside from, you know, I think being too overlit. It's just not for me. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows receives three stars out of ten with another strong not recommend. This I would pass on adding to my collection, unless uh, the only reason I could see myself adding it would be for my future children. If it's something they would like to return to time and again, sure, I'll add it, but otherwise, I cannot see myself personally sitting down to watch this movie. So, some other movie recommendations that I have for you. Check out Hobbs and Shaw. That is another straight up cartoon come to life um i'm also going to be recommending the live action power rangers film i actually haven't seen it but i have this inkling that there's a lot of similarities to be had there so you're thinking to yourself look we're six years out and we haven't got a third film judging by the timeline of those other two we should have had a movie a sequel to this at least roughly four years ago and we haven't well everybody was signed on a three film contract and actually everybody did express interest in returning but due to the poor box office performance paramount chose to scrap a third installment and instead it's getting rebooted once again um to live action now there is actually a cgi animated theatrical film in the works it's being produced by seth rogan and evan goldberg producing through their own company it is titled teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem and has a release date for august 4th 2023 so we're under a year until I will be back reviewing Mutant Mayhem. The film will be directed by Mitchells vs. the Machines co-director Jeff Rowe with a script by neighbor screenwriter Brendan O'Brien. So apparently the Nickelodeon president Brian Robbins has described this movie as a next level reinvention of the property. I hope that's true. I associate Seth Rogen. He is funny sometimes, but I associate some of these people with raunchy adult film so i'm curious how they'll bring this into more of a mainstream audience 
The co-director, Jeff Rowe, does give me confidence in this project, though, because The Mitchells versus The Machines was a very, actually very well done movie, but that had Lord and Miller behind behind it writing it, so I, I don't know. I'm going to reserve judgment, but we are getting that soon. So in July 2019, co-creator Kevin Eastman of the original Turtles property revealed that the film was still in development, this new live-action rebooted one that I'm assuming is not going to be a sequel to these other two films. He believed that Paramount took their reactions to the 2014 and 26 films to heart and that, quote, it's going to be a next level, there's that word again, next level type of stuff in August 2021, it was announced that a new live-action film was in the works with Colin Jost and Casey Jost, who are Saturday Night Live guys, pinning the script, and Michael Bay would be returning to produce under his Platinum Dunes label once again. So, I don't know why Michael Bay is coming back. Clearly, we're getting different people to work on this, but I don't know. There's a saying, third time's the charm. I hope that's true, but I guess we will have to wait and see probably a couple more years. Well, listeners, the question after the show, is this the best or worst installment in the franchise? I do know some people that believe this is the best installment in the franchise. Personally, for me, it's one of the worst, but that's a low bar, I think, across the whole spectrum. All of these movies are just pretty bad in general. My ranking for the entire six films so far would be TMNT, the 2014 reboot, with... The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990 film coming in second. Honestly, I probably would watch that 90s film before just for nostalgia purposes. Coming in at the third place slot would be TMNT 2007 CGI film. I am actually going to rank um, TMNT 2 Secret of the Ooze in my number four spot. Even though I have issues with that movie, I still actually found it to be more enjoyable, more fun. Um, there's a bit more to it. It's also a lot shorter than this one. But this one, Out of the Shadows, coming in all the way down at number five with Turtles in Time, the... 1993 third installment in that 90s trilogy coming in at the very bottom at last at number six it i really thought that one was the pits thank you listeners for joining me on my teenage mutant ninja turtles retrospective movie review series that wraps it up until i return next year for the seth rogan film and then sometime in the unspecified future for the new live-action Paramount reboot, which I gotta say I'm curious about, but I'm not getting my hopes up whatsoever. But I will be at the theaters for that one. So if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Share with your friends and family. We love talking about movies, and we love talking about them with you here at Silver Screen Guide. So no matter where you're at, leave us a five stars, leave us a thumbs up, a like. It's a great free way to help out SSG. Of course, if you've made it this far, I appreciate all of your listenership. I do have some great stuff coming for you in the future, hoping to do some more YouTube videos, some more with the website, some more with some exclusive content as well. So got some exciting things planned. Make sure to stay tuned for that. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin.
The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide. A lot of this sounds kind of raunchy. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> it's oof. the long answer. There's a plane. You'll have to wait.